Are you recording now? Recording. <laughs> this is gonna sound weird. Things are about to get weird. Just get to the murder. Okay, mine is recording. Mine is also recording. Look at us. Hey, look at us. Wow. Wow. Who would have thought? We're doing it. Who would have thought? We're doing it. Uh, I think. How's your week going? It's going. First day back at school today. It's going pretty good. Uh, we are about, what are we, six, like six days into 2021, and things are already getting weird. Uh, Kim and Kanye getting a divorce. Damn. Can't say I'm surprised. Uh, I made a joke that went over my coworker's head. I was like, what if Kim and Kanye really aren't getting a divorce, but like this is all like orchestrated by Chris Kardak or Chris Jenner um, to make um, Kanye's like Spotify plays go up? Because I've listened to Bound too about ten times today. I have not listened to any of Kanye's music today. I never listened to it, and I won't start now. Well, stick to your guns. But She's on t- Team Taylor Swift. <laughs> Me and Kim are uh, sisters in law school now, so, you know. Are you? We're about to be co-workers. We're going to be co-workers one day. <laughs> yeah, she, you think Kim's going to defend herself in divorce court? Probably. You think she'll do a good job? Couldn't say. Couldn't say. Probably not. I just hope that maybe they got a prenup. Probably, right? Maybe. I don't know. They're both rich. Do you need it if you're both rich? I guess so. Yes, you but you always need it. It's got all that all that shit in there. I would think Kanye would have a prenup seeing as he sang about it in, you know, the hit song, Gold Digger. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is so true. He I bet you they got one. He needed to take his own advice. <laughs> I, ain't here to, I ain't here to give financial advice, but I'll give it if you want yeah. it. I can provide no financial advice. I'm currently unemployed. I don't know how much money I got. Waiting on a refund from student loans so I can buy some food. <laughs> that Christmas money ain't going very far, you know. I still have all my gift cards, though. <laughs> but Chick-fil-A is closed on Sunday, so. Damn it. I'll starve on Sunday. <laughs> I am trying to lose 10 pounds by the end of February, so maybe this is what God had exactly planned out for me. <laughs> God, he works in such mysterious ways. Go broke so that fat bitch can't eat. God. Just just kidding. I'm still eating. Nobody come for me. I'm eating. I ate some steak fajitas earlier. Wow, steak. I didn't realize you were rich. <laughs> Anyways, well, welcome to the show. It's a podcast, if you didn't know already. Yes, the show is called, this is going to sound weird, uh, a show where we get weird each week. We talk about paranormal, true crime, everything in between, you know. If True. You, all of it. If you can uh, hear some stuff in the background, it may be my my roommate. She is FaceTiming her mom. So, uh, you know, hope she don't say anything incriminating about herself, you know. <laughs> you, know you know when you're talking to your mom on a phone and you just be... Lord, you be talking crap about somebody. Oh. You be like, you got to believe what this person at work said. Blah, 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 blah. Not, I, I doubt that anybody she knows is listening to this show, but. Probably maybe. not. Maybe. Today, one of my classes is an online class, um, but we all sit in class together as we take it because there's no other place to go really to do it, you know? So we're sitting in class and we all had our uh, 
our stuff pulled up, but we hadn't actually like started class yet. Well, one of my friends had unmuted herself on a microphone and we started talking mad shit. And I'm pretty sure everybody in the whole class heard us, even the teacher. (laughs) I was like, God dang it. If you get caught talking shit, you just kind of have to own it. You can be like, well, yeah, and I'll say it to your face too. God, I really hope nobody heard us say anything too bad. I honestly uh, don't remember what we said. I just know there was a lot of us in there. Hopefully they can't trace it back to me. I do have a pretty distinct voice probably though. So, ah, fuck it. It is what it is. Well, this week's (sighs) theme is our favorite haunted cities. Uh, You went first last week, so I'm going to go first. And I I am just confident you are all going to be just surprised when I tell you what my favorite haunted city are is, wow, English. <laughs> English is a language that I speak. Um, I'll speak it good. Um, my favorite haunted city is St. Augustine's, Florida. Wow. Yeah, yes. I have found yet another reason to bring the topic of conversation to Florida. So. God. My sources, travelandleisure.com, staugustineslighthouse.com, travelchannel.com, visitstaugustines.com, and ghostcitytours.com. So a lot of, uh, basically all of, if you're planning your vacation, I just got all that <laughs> information straight from the webpage. So, a little bit of background on St. Augustine's. So St. Augustine's is located like at the top of Florida. So it's kind of near a lot of water. Uh, and the town of St. Augustine's was founded in 1565 by conquistador Pedro Menendez de Avila. Uh, and today is the oldest continuously occupied settlement of European origin in the United States. So, oftentimes you'll hear it be referred to as, like, the oldest city or, like, the first city. Um, place is old as hell. So, (laughs) so what really put St. Augustine's on the map was this man named Henry Flagler. And Mr. Flagler was co-founder of the Standard Oil Company with John D. Rockefeller. So, you know, he, he ain't just an average Joe. He is very wealthy. You're talk- he is that bitch. Yeah, we're talking some old money. <laughs> so, Flagler spent the summer of 1883 in St. Augustine's, and although he liked the area, like, you know, what's not to like, it's got the beach, good weather, uh, it really wasn't up to the standards that he was used to, you know, being from the north, it didn't have, like, any sort of, like, hotels or nice restaurants, anything like that. So, Flagler founded the Florida East Coast Railway, which allowed the area to become more developed. Because I think really the reason Florida, like, didn't really become developed was there was no way to get to it. Except, I don't know, did they have cars back then? I don't know. We should have left it. We should have left it where it was. Can't get to it. It's good. There's swamps there because God didn't want us there. No. Sorry. But I don't know if they had cars back then. Uh, mm. I think the cars came in around, uh, what, like, I don't even want to say. Listen, <laughs> I don't want to say. I don't want to say. 2016. I don't. Um, yep. Um, so, yeah, basically he brought the railway, which, you know, helped, helped you get to Florida so that it could be more developed. He also built Hotel Ponce de Leon, Hotel X, uh, El Cazar, 
uh, and the Casa Monica Hotel, which is still standing today. Mm-hmm. All of those are still standing. Uh, the Casa Monica Hotel is uh, still a hotel to this day, but uh, the Ponce de Leon and Hotel Alcazar um, is a museum and actually where Flagler College is located. So mm-hmm. if you go to Flagler College, it's like it's like a fucking nice building. I don't know if it's a private yeah. college, but it's their dining hall, nice. I think it might be. A girl from my high school went there, and the only thing I remember is that she was always posting stuff about how pretty it was, and then one time, her freaking dorm room flooded to hell, and that shit was, like, coming in everywhere, because <laughs> it was like a, you know, like a hurricane or something. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, it so, wasn't good. yeah, it's very close to the water, and it's, I can't remember if St. Augustine's is an island, but it's, like, pretty surrounded by water. So, you better... It's very... It's similar to Charleston. You gotta get up out of there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yes. All of those buildings, super cool looking. They all have, like, Spanish-style um, architecture. I like it. 10 out of 10. This will... Um, but, because of the railway, this also allowed the area to become more of a tourist spot for wealthy Americans during the summer. Uh, so, being as the town of St. Augustine's is old as hell, you can imagine it has a very rich history, uh, and a load of people died there. Damn. (laughs) Sucks. Sucks for them. You can't have ghosts unless somebody dies. I don't make the rules. I don't make the rules. (laughs) Uh, so... You know, there's many years of pirate history and privateers coming to St. Augustine's because, like, around this time, you know, people were, like, settling uh, and, like, kind of first coming to what is now America. So people were always fighting over, like, being able to claim land as their own. Um, So, you know, there's a lot of paranormal activity. It's, like... St. Augustine's is considered, like, one of the top three most haunted cities in the United States. So, I'm just going to touch on some of the major areas where you see a lot of paranormal activity. So, Castillo uh, Castillo de San Marcos is uh, a fort that is located in St. Augustine's. Um, So, like I said, St. Augustine's was founded in 1565 and everyone wanted to claim the city for their own. So after an attack by English privateer Sir Francis Drake, a wooden fortress was built mm-hmm. along the coastline to help defend the city against intruders. But in 1668, English pirate Robert Searle attacked and burnt the city of St. Augustine's to the ground. Damn it. So How y- big was it? <laughs> not too big. Probably not too big. Uh, this was before uh, Henry Flagler arrived, so you know. Okay, okay. It's 1668. It's probably just like, I don't know, made of Lincoln Logs or something. <laughs> um, just some sticks. So uh, the structure, which still stands today, was constructed of coquina, uh, which is a like shell and rock like consistency very similar to limestone Mm -hmm. um and that was built around the 1668 mark after they burnt the whole town on the ground you know they were like oh we had to regroup so (laughs) damn it (laughs) Uh, and coquina is really really durable um 
like okay so I went to St. Augustine's January of last year um and fucking everything is built out of Coquina down there and Hmm. that shit lasts forever literally the only thing that can like fuck it up is like a damn buffalo (laughs) that's that's what they said on the tour the buffalo um which you wouldn't think would be in Florida they will like they used to like come and they'd like rub you know they might have an itchy back and they rub up against the <laughs> coquina and it would kind of like wear it down but that's about it oh, right. damn so if you were to visit the fort you may encounter the headless ghost of native american leader osceola mm-hmm. so osceola and many others were kept prisoner within the fort after being tricked into a false truce uh Thanks. so before this, there was the Seminole, there was like Seminole Wars. Seminole is mm-hmm. uh, a Native American tribe located in Florida. And so there was like a lot of war going on. And so uh, luckily Osceola had not been captured during these wars. And afterwards, you know, they, he was tricked. They were like, hey, let's make amends, you know, let's try to live in peace. And they actually kept him prisoner in the fort the um, fuck rude as shit mm-hmm. um so he was pr- imprisoned along with many other seminal leaders however um their confinements didn't last long because osceola and 19 others actually were able to escape from prison because they have such extreme starvation um oh, that they could oh actually slip between the bars on the windows book um so before his capture though osceola was suffering from malaria uh and Mm. was regularly treated by dr whedon and osceola and his men were eventually transferred uh i'm gonna stop that (laughs) so osceola uh ended up in south carolina um okay and uh he would later die of Quincy, which I don't really know what that is, but I have heard of it. I have never heard of that. Um, so when he died, um, his doctor, Dr. Whedon, was chosen to prepare his body for burial, you know, as one does. Mm-hmm. But Dr. Whedon chose to instead sever Osceola's head and preserve it in a large jar of alcohol before bringing it oh. back to St. Augustine's and displaying it in his drugstore why i i would not go to his drugstore i'm gonna go and say that now do you think people thought that was cool or they were like dude why the fuck you got a head in here man well so at this time native american body parts specifically you right. heads were considered very valuable trophies um so this even though that is fucking awful and disrespectful and disgusting um, it was not really seen that way at the time, which is just awful. Um, but many believe that Chief Osceola still haunts the grounds of San Marcos after all the trauma his corpse was subject to. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, that makes sense. He had some 
traumatic experiences at the fort. So even though he didn't die there, it would make sense that maybe his soul would be like trapped there. So visitors of the fort often report seeing a headless apparition and experiencing unexpected drops in temperature, sudden chills, and hearing disembodied voices. And some believe that this could be the spirit of Osceola, but it also, like some of the voices, could be the spirits of other Native Americans who were held prisoner. uh, Because with the wars going on, there was so many Native Americans who were held there and died. Um, But people do spot like a headless figure, which is believed to be Osceola. Yeah, that sounds like it will probably it will probably be him. Uh, that's terrible. It was Ichabod Crane. <laughs> it's bad that you have to get stuck at the place that was like the shittiest place ever. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that happens a lot. And uh, some people report seeing Seminoles like jumping f- like from the fortress's walls, almost like they're jumping for freedom. Because, um, like I said, people like some of them were able to kind of like squeeze through the bars. Um, so mm-hmm. it's possible that some may have been trying to escape and would have died that way, or maybe they they were never able to escape, and that their spirits are maybe like trying to continuously oh, escape. God. Um, and a lot of people report seeing the ghost of Spanish soldiers who are seen to be, like, patrolling the area. Um, another ghost spotted throughout the fort is that of Dolores Marti. And Dolores was the wife of Colonel Marti, who was the commanding officer of the fort during the second Spanish occupation in 1784. And, uh, Colonel Marti suspected his wife Dolores of cheating on him with Captain Abella. After he mm-hmm. smelled his wife's perfume on Abella's uniform. And, and soon after this happened, Dolores and Captain Abella disappeared. Visitors report seeing the ghost of a female dressed in white, which many believe to be the ghost of Dolores. Damn, she should have quit wearing perfume, you know? Don't well, wear the perfume when you're going to see your other man. Shit. Well, I mean, they didn't have deodorant back then, so maybe she was worried about being stinky. And you know they didn't bathe regularly. Yeah, that is true. I guess she was like, well, I ain't trying to go get some get some sex and smell like I just came out of the old shitter, which is probably exactly what she smelled like. Probably, probably. <laughs> uh, Now... Another major landmark that is seen to be haunted in the area is the St. Augustine's Lighthouse, which I have also been to. I have walked to the top of that bitch. Not to brag, but I'm fit as fuck. (laughs) I've only been to St. Augustine once. Uh, There was a major storm while we were there. Uh, My cousin Brianna passed out on the beach from like heat exhaustion so uh there wasn't there wasn't it wasn't such a great trip we didn't make it up the lighthouse unfortunately (laughs) uh i would definitely recommend st augustine's i have been twice once when i was little so i don't remember it at all uh but we do have a really cute picture of me i think i could i couldn't have been more than like 
maybe like one or two. Um, so it's, you, we went to like the old jail and you can go like sit mm-hmm. in the jail cells. And so my mom has a f- funny picture of me and my sister in like the, in the behind prison bars. And I'm like a, a toddler. Arrest her. Keep her there. Uh, but I highly recommend. Um, I have a, a YouTube video of me climbing it. Like, wow. like, review, and subscribe. Um, I'm trying to plug your other project on this project. I'm going to delete yes. it since I'm uh, editing. <laughs> Damn it. God. <laughs> Anyways. So, um, the St. Augustine's Lighthouse is located on Anastasia Island, um, which is kind of like across the, the waterway. From what is considered St. Augustine's. So, in 1589, a watchtower was built by the Spanish around the same time the Castillo de San Marcos was built. Uh, and both the fort and the watchtower were meant to keep enemy ships from taking Anastasia Island. Uh, and by 1737, the Spanish replaced the original tower with a new 30-foot tower. Um, and this oh. one was made of, you guessed it, coquina. The same material wow. that the fort was made of. In 1763, after, seven, after the Seven Years' War ended, it was decided, though, to build a proper lighthouse. So they said, fuck that coquina. We need a real one. That shit. So the lighthouse uh, stood until 1871 when a new lighthouse was built. Because, frankly, the old one was going to fall in the ocean. Damn. I'm guessing, All those fishes be died. I guess it's like from erosion or something. I don't know. Yeah, I think lighthouses get pretty, like banged up because you know they got all that salt water on them all the time. You know, salt water rusts something to hell. And they yeah. got waves crashing up on it, I would assume. And I guess at that point, they weren't able to move it. Because I'm pretty sure, I think it's the Cape, mm, I could be wrong. The Cape, I'm pretty sure the Cape Hatteras Lighthouse in North Carolina, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they moved that one. Like it was a little bit too close to the ocean and they, and they just moved her on in. Probably, which we know the oceans in North Carolina are just coming in on us every day. Yeah. So which they probably I'm... did have to move her back. I envision that, like, moving a lighthouse is, like, when you watch Cake Boss and they've spent hours building this cake and they try to transport it and you're like, are they going to drop it? But, like, take that and multiply it by a billion. Like, you know what? I agree. I was a big Cake Boss fan, so I can really, uh, I can attest to that. Except for the Cake Boss, what they're carrying, much more important. A cake of a lighthouse much more important than the real lighthouse (laughs) well his fucking cakes are just pvc pipes and rice krispie treats so i I went to the cake boss store one time to get some you know some goodies i got like a cannoli and a lobster tail and all that i'm gonna be honest i've had way better cannolis the best one i ever had was in boston so it was too much hype too much hype it did not equal up to the hype I feel that. Just go Sorry, if you're boss. if you're in the New York area, just fucking go to Magnolia Bakery like everybody else. I've never actually gone there before. They got good lattes and cupcakes. You gonna go on a trip to New York? Let's do it. Right now. Alright, goodbye. 
right. Uh, so, uh, they were going to build a new lighthouse because the old one was going to fall in the ocean. Um, so, in 1871, they began construction of the new lighthouse. So, this man named Hazekia Pitti, or Pity, I don't know him personally, but, <laughs> but I pity the fool. Um, <laughs> I hate myself. Um, so you should. Hazekia was the superintendent of the lighthouse construction, so he moved from Kate Elizabeth, Maine, to oversee the construction of the new lighthouse, and with him, he brought his wife and three daughters. And so, mm-hmm. you know, as you can imagine, the girls, they probably getting a little bored so you know they'd they'd run around play on the construction site and one of their favorite things to do was to ride on the railway cart that was used to transport supplies from the ships over by the water to the work site so Mm -hmm. they would ride the cart down the hill and then they bring it back up and do it again kind of like a little roller coaster okay um, well, one day, the three girls, along with a friend, were riding the cart down like normal, but this time, the wooden board at the bottom of the hill, which was used to stop the cart from going into the water, was not in place, and the ca- cart fell into the water and, like, flipped on top of the girls and trapped them underneath. So, one of the workers oh on site jumped into the water to save the girls, but was only able to save the youngest daughter, Carrie. And to this day, many claim to hear the footsteps of the young girls, uh, the head light keeper, uh, who worked at the lighthouse in the 1950s actually moved from the keeper's house to a smaller coastal building, claiming that the big house was haunted and he would not stay another night in it. Damn. Which- I feel that. I ain't staying in no haunted, haunted lighthouse. I get that. Listen- I, you barely I don't even think I'll stay in a haunted hotel pay for that shit Mm-mm. it ain't worth it um, some have claimed to see figures of the girl's ghost hearing tiny footsteps coming down the stairs of the lighthouse and even giggling oh god uh, with the girls being the most active spirits on the property um, there's some other ones, but I really want to get into that. They would, the girls would, the cooler, <laughs> girls are the most exciting ones. Also, I think child ghosts are the scariest. They really are, because they always be laughing at shit. What the fuck you laughing for? You're dead. Sorry. Yeah, what does she, what Rest the, in peace, child ghosts. The hell's so funny, God. I'm <laughs> so funny after death. <laughs> I'd love to be on the joke. They're always just at a stand-up, turns out they're just always at a stand-up comedy show. They just always set one up in the hotels, and that's why they're always giggling. (laughs) Maybe they're just laughing at the people that are alive. They'd be like, your life's a joke. Wow, you're going to die one day. You're going to be here. Isn't that so funny? (laughs) You're going to be here at the St. Augustine's Lighthouse. (laughs) Running up and down these stairs, and your fat ass can't make it up once. Imagine having to do it for eternity. (laughs) Uh, You won't catch my ass haunting the St. Augustine's Lighthouse. I got up there, and I was like, this shit is fucking hot. And I was like, got to go back down. I don't think I've ever actually been to the top of a lighthouse. I know I live in North Carolina, and we got on them lighthouses, but I have never been to the Outer Banks, so. I have been to the one in St. Augustine's and the one in Savannah. The one in Savannah is rickety, and (laughs) I about had a panic attack because I was like, this bitch is going to break. But the one in 
St. Augustine's is pretty nice. Seems seems sturdier, uh, and you get a nice view. Well, maybe I'll make it up one one day. Maybe I'll have to get an elevator. Book your tickets today. I feel like I'm like will do. I, I'm real. Listen, if the stock for St. Augustine's tourism goes up, I can only be held accountable. Sponsor All me. Right. <laughs> St. Augustine, the entire city. <laughs> Please sponsor me, St. Augustine's. Really, Florida. I'll take Florida. Uh, finally, we have the Old Warden Castle. Ever heard of her? No. All right. I don't know much about St. Augustine. <laughs> God, I thought you would know more because you're really into history. I love St. Augustine's. It's got a lot of history. Old as hell. When I say when I say I disassociate myself from Florida, I really disassociate myself. If it's history involved, I don't care. I do not care. Georgia and above, Georgia and over, I'm good. Down, not good. You gonna Florida, take you gonna sorry. take Alabama and not take Florida? Fucking rude as hell. Uh, you know what? We can leave Alabama too. <laughs> All right, she's spoken. We'll leave it. All right. So, the old Warden Castle was originally built as a winter home for William Warden and his family in 1887. And William Warden was a business partner with Henry Flagler and John Rockefeller at the Standard Oil Company. And the Warden Castle would later become a hotel in the 1940s. And on Sunday, April 23rd, 1944, there was a fire at the hotel and two women, Beat Richardson and Ruth Pickering, who were both staying in the penthouses at the top of the hotel died. Mm-hmm. What you're mm-hmm. thinking? Nothing, nothing too mysterious. It's a, it's just a fire. It's a fire. But when their bodies were discovered, both women were found in dry bathtubs, like just laying in the bathtubs, mm-hmm. with towels around their necks. Okay. And no one really knows, like, how the fire was started or why the women were in such odd positions. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, some people suspect foul play. And if you go to the museum, like, now you can go on, like, they talk about, like, all the conspiracy theories. Because there is a theory that the man in room 13 could have something to do with it. Um, Mm -hmm. but today people report seeing Bette's ghost and hearing her scream in fear. And some believe that she is screaming like out of fear of the man in room 13. Who is the man in room 13? We don't know. So is he a ghost in room 13 now? You're going to have to go on a tour to know, I guess. They call him, they call him Mr. X. Sounds mysterious. Yeah, because it's like something out of like a horror horror movie or like a a mystery movie. Yeah, because they don't fucking know his name. So, but what the hell he be doing in 1950 after staying in the hotel, Thomas Ripley decided to purchase the Castle Warden. And who the hell is Thomas Ripley? Well, you may know him from Ripley's Believe It or Not, Ripley's Anything. God, he owns so much shit now. Aquarium, Aqu- my favorite. The aquarium. I do love the aquarium. <laughs> Fucking mirror maze. Um, he got like a haunted attraction, a Guinness Book of World Record museum. He got a bunch of shit. Listen, 
He got is all... the Upside Down House Ripley's? No, that's something different. Yeah. That's, that's the Wonderworks. That's Wonderworks. Yeah. Um, but basically, if you've been to Myrtle Beach, uh, South Carolina, or Gatlinburg, Tennessee, you have probably experienced one of his tacky museums. I have been I have. to his Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum, um, which is what the hotel, um, Castle Warden, is now. Um, it was actually the... Castle Warden Hotel is the first Ripley's Believe It or Not museum. Uh, Mr. Ripley wanted a place to store and house his, he calls them oddities, Mm -hmm. uh, which is really just a bunch of weird shit, like shrunken heads. Um, He's got the uh, Fiji mermaid, the um, P.T. Barnum maid. Yeah. Um, but uh, if you go to Ripley's Believe It or Not, they have like an after hours tour that you can take and they give you like paranormal, I don't know, detection things. And so um, um, you can see if you can try to find any ghost using the paranormal shit. I get scared. Something would come on my screen and I'd start screaming and freaking the fuck out. I'm a big fan of like a haunted tour, specifically if it's in like a historical area. Um, Mm -hmm. but, so those are just some of the major, like, paranormal areas. Um, of -hmm. course, there is the old jail, which I did not go in depth because there's so much shit going on with that place, and I'm gonna save that for another episode, because I find it very interesting. Um, but also the town, you know, it's experienced a lot of pirate activity, so you never know, like, Mm -hmm. ghosts of fucking pirates and their victims have been known to roam the town. Also, this is something that is very interesting to me. Um, when I went on a tour, um, so if you ever go to St. Augustine's, they have this thing called the Red Train Tour, and it's real fun. You just kind of, like, hop on, hop off, you buy, like, a day pass, and when you're on a train, they kind of mention, like, random obscure history facts well they mentioned Mm -hmm. that anytime you dig in st augustine's like you know say you're going to like replace a road or something you have to have an archaeologist on site because there is like so many bodies underneath like if you if you dig anywhere in st augustine's chances are you are going to find something whether it be an artifact a body something uh, so they mentioned how, like, the roads in that town don't, like, specifically in the historic area, not just, like, St. Augustine's Beach, they don't mm-hmm. get replaced as often as other places because you constantly have to have an archaeologist. So, like, you know, you could dig up a street and there could be, like, hundreds of dead bodies. God, we need to take uh, a metal detector down there. Uh, I don't know if that would help you for bones. Well... Well, what if you said they got artifacts? What if we found some old oh, like pirate, pirate treasure? treasure? Oh, good idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, but so if you just think about how many bodies are underneath the the road, you know, there's no telling how many ghosts are associated I, with those. I know. If you got a house there, your house just be sitting on top of f- fuck ton of bodies. Mm-hmm. To yeah. be fair, our current house could be on bodies. This you never tr- know. This is true. Uh, and then the town was under, like, Union control during the Civil War. Um, so Union soldiers are also spotted. Um, but yeah, it's got a lot of really cool history associated with it. I highly recommend y'all visit if you're into, like, 
sort of like history and spooky shit. Also, they have a fantastic Christmas light display during the winter. I've never been during the winter, but I would recommend I it during the winter. When you get that seasonal depression, you just come on down. <laughs> Brie wouldn't have uh, passed out from a heat stroke had we gone in the winter. <laughs> God. Brie should have drank a Gatorade. <laughs> oh my God. But anyway. yes, that is just some a uh, brief overview of St. Augustine's. Thank you. I really didn't know too much about it. I mean, I know it's like the first-ish, like one of the really early cities or whatever. But you know, I didn't know too much. I don't, I don't look into it very often and... The, the only reason we really went is because my stepdad has family that live in, like, Jacksonville. So, we went to St. Augustine. But, yeah, it came a massive storm. And we were like, mm, maybe we maybe we should just not come back. I did eat a giant-ass plate of jambalaya while I was there. And I had, like, a to-go box filled to the brim with rice even after I had already eaten dinner. <laughs> it was way too much. Anyways, that was, that was a great story. Thank you. All right. Are, are we ready for my story? No. I think mine was okay, enough well, for this week. I think I think that's well, all, people only want to hear about Florida. Um, I think that's inaccurate personally. Cuz I know I personally want to hear about something else cuz that was just it was that left a really bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> Fucking rude okay. as hell. Yeah. So, I am doing mine on Charleston. Oh, good old South Char- Carolina. Charlestown. Yep. I like Charleston. I've been to Charleston more times than I could count because, like, it was close to where I grew up. Like, it was pretty much the closest beach, honestly. Um, even though it's kind of ritzy. If we just wanted to go for, like, a weekend, it was a good place to go because it's only, like, three hours or something. Anyways, so my sources are wikipedia.com, vacation rick.blogspot.com uh, nightlyspirits.com and ghost city tours so you know I'm gonna give you a little bit of background on Charleston there, there's a lot more to it obviously but this give you the gist you're kidding so, Char- all, all of the history and all of the world and you didn't write it all down no I didn't I decided I decided to keep it short and sweet uh, so, Charleston was founded in 1670. It was originally known as Charlestown, honoring King Charles II, and was at Albemarle Point. It was at Albemarle Point on the west bank of the Ashley River, but relocated to its present site in 1680, and it became the fifth largest city in North America within 10 years. So, it was, it was a pretty big city. Things were happening. So, Charleston is uh, mostly significant in American history because it played a major role as a slave trading port. Um, And I noted that in 2018, the city did formally apologize for its role in the American slave trade. Uh, But this was only after CNN noted that slavery, quote, riddles the history of Charleston. So, I guess they wanted to be like, hey... We're sorry. Please come visit our hotels. <laughs> that's that's kind of how it came off to me. They said, please. I'm, we are so sorry. We do have a Bubba Gumps. They do. Do they? I've they never, do. Yes, I've, they been do. To, I've been to that Bubba they Gumps. They do. I've never been to that one. I have dropped a deuce in there before, though. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the last time I was in Charleston, I think, is when I did that. So that was fun. Um. Anyways, so the Civil War actually began in Charleston, and honestly, I didn't really know that. 
which it makes sense because South Carolina was the first state to secede from the Union. And the first full battle of war occurred on April 12th, 1861, um, when shore batteries under the command of General Beauregard opened fire on Fort Sumter in Charleston Harbor. And after a 34-hour bombardment, Major Robert Anderson had to surrender the fort. Now, I cannot imagine sitting somewhere for 34 hours and just getting the ship bombed out of you. Now, I know that that happens in a lot of wars, but could you literally imagine sitting somewhere for 30 hours and getting bombs thrown at you for 34 hours? No, I could not. Uh, Did you sleep at all? No, didn't get a wink of sleep. People kept fucking exploding cannons. Even if I didn't Fucking rude as hell. I would probably just die from, like, a panic attack, heart attack. Just, I'd just be so scared the, I'd just fucking die. The smoke. Yeah, that's true. They probably had some shit-ass lungs after that. And some uh, messed up mental uh, abilities. Anyways. So, based on just this little short history I gave you. You know, slave trade, civil war. That's, that's just main two things. It's clearly gone through a lot. Um, you know, some terrible things have happened there. Which have led to a lot of death. And so it's no surprise that the city is very, very haunted. So, like you, I'm going to focus on a few of its haunted locations. Now, I don't know if I necessarily chose the most haunted locations, but I chose ones that I've been to and that I think are uh, pretty pretty interesting. Pretty cool. The second the second one's real, it's kind of cute and it's, fu- it's fun. Part of it's fun, part of it's kind of sad, but whatever, oh, it's a haunting. I think I know what you're talking about. Probably. So, no, the first no spoilers. one do, No spoilers. Uh, the first uh, little place I'm going to do is the Mills House. Um, so, I've stayed in the Mills House before. Uh, I did not experience any paranormal activity while I was there. Thank goodness. I've stayed there like twice when I was like a little kid. My dad liked to go there. So, if you stay in the Mills House Inn, you may very well come into contact with Confederate soldiers running up and down the halls, searching for water to help put out the fires of the Great Fire of 1861. And one of these apparitions is even said to be General Robert E. Lee. So, you've got some, ro- you know, you've got some fancy ghost here. So, the Mills House was built in 1853. Uh, it's sometimes known as the Pink Hotel because uh, it's pink. Which is fun. When I was a little kid, I just loved that we got to stay in a pink hotel. I thought that was super cute. Um, and it was named after a builder and a local grain merchant, Otis Mills. So, according to the history of the Mills house, the apparitions that run up and down the hallway, they make a lot of sense. They didn't just, you know, they didn't just show up out of nowhere for no reason. Because... In 1861, Robert E. Lee came to Charleston. He was going to tour uh, the city's harbor defenses. And while he was there, he checked into the Mills House. And not long after he checked in, the Great Fire erupted on Hassel Street at, um, on Hassel Street, yeah, at the Russell and Co.'s Sash and Blind Factory. Now, I don't know if they make sashes or if they make blinds. Maybe both. Or maybe, <laughs> or maybe neither. Or maybe blind people make the sashes, sashes for you. And that's why it caught on fire? <laughs> yeah, knocked over a candle. Damn. Well, you know, maybe it was an animal. You know, like the Great Chicago Fire, that was said to have been caused by, like, a cow tipped over a lantern and caught that whole bitch on fire. Why did that cow have a lantern? We will never know. I'm not really sure. I guess he was cold. 
So this fire, the one in uh, Charleston, spread pretty quickly. Um, it spread across the city to Institute Hall and to the circular church on Meeting Street. So as this was happening, Robert E. Lee and his staff, uh, they were at the Mills House, which was about half a dozen blocks away from uh, Hassel Street where the fire broke out. So they went to stand on top of the roof, you know, I guess to see what was going on. And they saw that this fire was just fucking going. And so uh, they also noticed that the fire was getting real close to the hotel. And so they were like, oh shit, we need to, you know, get this under control, helps people out. So they went down to the hotel parlor and they saw a group of women with their children that were trying to leave. And so Lee took one of the little kids and another officer uh, took another kid and they quickly exited the inn through the cellar. And by this point, the streets were just, they were smoky as hell. Um, and so inside the Mills house, the staff began to fight the fire by using wet blankets to smother the sparks and embers that were like blowing onto the roof uh, and windows. Hmm. And they actually ended up saving the hotel from burning to the ground. So go to them. Wet blankets is all you need to put out a fire. There, I said it. Fire department, we don't need them. Just no, kidding. we do, we do. <laughs> We do. I do. Lord, if your house gets but, caught fire, you will perceive zero help. Please, no. Well, if you live in a town like me, I don't know. I guess a lot of towns are like this. Um, the only fire departments even close are volunteer fire departments. And if you know how those work, uh, basically, if you work at a volunteer fire department, most of them, that you'll, you know, the firefighters are at home in their beds asleep. And so then they will get a call. From somebody to be like, hey, there's a house on fire, you need to get here. So the firefighter's got to get out of the bed, get up, get dressed, get to the fire department, go to the fire department, get out of his one clothes, get in his new clothes, get in the fire truck, get all their shit together. And by that point, they finally can get to your house. So if you live out in the boonies, like uh, back home where I live, your house is just going to burn the fuck down. I hate to tell you. Stay in the city, folks. Because my uncle works for a volunteer fire department and... That's how I know that's what he would have to do. He liked doing it, and we needed it, but you know. Yeah, stay in the city if you don't want your house to burn down. <laughs> Anyways. So, as I've told, as this story, it's pretty clear, you know, soldiers running up and down the hallway trying to find some water to put out a fire. But there's a little bit of issue with this story because the Mills house that currently sits on the corner of Meeting Street and Queen Street was not uh, the originally constructed Mills House. Um, The new one was actually constructed in 1968. Uh, The building, the old building was demolished when it came to like old and dilapidated, but the new one was built to replicate the old one. And the only real difference is that the new one's seven stories and the old one was only five stories. But some people think this puts a wrench in the story, but honestly, I don't think it does because the building's pretty much the exact same as the other one, and it's in the exact same location. Uh, and it has a few extra stories, but most time when people, like, say they see these apparitions, it's usually on, like, the second floor, I think. It's on a lower floor. And so I'm like, the ghosts probably just think they're in the old hotel. It doesn't really matter that there's two extra stories on top. They're not running on top. Um, and some people say that Maybe these soldiers are running up and down the hallways looking for water because they're fucking confused that uh, this new hotel got there. I think that they're probably like, you know, sometimes the ghost isn't stuck to the building. It's like stuck to the land. So I think they're like stuck on the land and that's why they're still there. Yeah, so. like if you had put like, I don't know, say a, a grocery store there, they'd probably still be running through there. 
Yeah, and you know, like, stories like The Conjuring and shit, I'm pretty sure the land is, like, what gets cursed, kind of. So, you know what? I'm I'm sticking with this story. I believe these people who've seen these uh, ghost soldiers. And also, along with the soldiers, some people say that they see an apparition of a woman in a 19th century dress holding a baby. Um, and people think that it might be one of the women that, like, Robert E. Lee helped to fight the fire. But that's pretty much, that's the only other ghost that's ever really seen besides the, uh, the soldiers. But after the fire, the hotel actually became Robert E. Lee's Confederate base during the Civil War. So, that is, uh, the, the ghosties at the Mills house. I did not mm-hmm. get to experience the ghosties there. Thank goodness, I would have freaked the fuck out. I've also heard my stepmom said that she knows somebody who said that they heard that a lot of times if you get on the elevator, it'll stop like at the second floor because I guess that's where Robert E. Lee like used to live or something. And so they think that it's his ghost like getting off the elevator going into the hallway. (laughs) I don't want it. I do not want it. I I really, I'm going to be honest, like I, I would use the elevator. It's not an issue, but I am cautious of when I use the elevator. Like, I always Mm -hmm. bring my cell phone in. I always bring my cell phone because, like, if you get stuck, one, you're going to be bored. You might need to scroll through Instagram. Two, you might need to call somebody. What if the call box doesn't work? And I think because my mom worked in, like, hotels for so long and there are so many stories she's told me of, like, people getting stuck for hours absolutely mm-hmm. not so the fact that it would just like up and stop in a random floor that i didn't pick and it's in an old ass building absolutely Mm-mm. not i'd be taking the stairs wish you know i got stuck on an elevator that one time at school when that god dang elevator cart went from i was on the 10th floor and it started free falling and we landed on the motherfucking fourth floor i thought i was dead me and brandon were staring at each other i had a damn laundry in the elevator with me i was gonna do some laundry we're gonna go eat some lunch and i remember when we called the like emergency line the guy was like are y'all in distress and brandon was like nah we're just hungry and i was like bitch i'm in distress i'm very much in distress (laughs) Because I was scared. I was like, we only on the fourth floor. What if it falls more and we land on the damn ground and I'm dead? So that was terrible. Yeah, that that was suck. Uh, I still and use you, that you, elevator. Yeah, you lived on the 10th floor. You kind of had to. I really did. It was bad. It was so bad. Anyways, now we're on to another little haunted spot. This is my personal favorite. It's called Pugin's Porch. Is this what you were expecting? Ye- yes, I knew it. So, Putin's Porch, in my opinion, is an amazing restaurant in Charleston. It is, a fact, a restaurant, but I think it's delicious. It used to be anyways. I haven't been in a while. Um, It's a little restaurant that used to be a house. Um, It's like a little Victorian house. It's real cute, real nice. I got bomb-ass, they used to have bomb-ass crab cakes. My dad would take me there. Oh my God, so good. So, Pugin's Porch is a grand Victorian home that was built in 1888, and in 1976, it was turned into a restaurant, and it was originally just known as 72 Queen, um, so I'm gonna call it that. I guess it's on Queen Street, so I might call it that, like, before it becomes Pugin's Porch, just, just so you know. So, 
When 72 Queen was purchased um, in like 1976 to turn it into a restaurant, the previous owners left really quickly. Uh, and they left so quickly that they left their little dog. And it was a Aww. little, it was a little wiry, um, wire-haired white dog. And his name was Pugin. And I guess when they left, he was like, when the new people got there, he was standing out on the porch. And so the new owners were really confused. They were like, why the hell did these people leave their like dog behind? Um, but they quickly decided that, not decided, they quickly fell in love with Pugin and decided that they were going to name the restaurant Pugin's Porch for obvious reasons. No. This is the first story I read, and I think this is a story that like I know most. Some people say, though, that uh, it actually came about a little bit of a different way. Some people say that Pugin was actually a neighborhood stray that would wander from porch to porch. and He was always looking for some food. Um, and when 72 Queen was being converted into a restaurant, Pugin started showing up at the house every day and he was looking for food and the owner started to joke like, haha, this porch actually belongs to Pugin. You know, he won't ever get off this porch. So that's how they, some people say that's how the name came to be. Either way, Pugin was truly, he was a real dog. And for many years, um, he served as the greeter for the guests when they come into the restaurant. So, when you get there, Pugin would greet you, but he passed away in 1979. Poor thing. But, he's not completely gone, because Pugin's little ghost is still reported to hang out at the restaurant. Now, when I was younger, my dad told me this story, obviously, because we'd go eat there. And it's not too scary, because it's the ghost of a little dog, so I thought it was cute. But I didn't realize until, like, a few months ago, I was listening to, and that's why we drink, and M covered this. Pugin is not the only ghost that haunts Pugin's porch. So, the other ghost that supposedly he's, haunts... He's just the best one. Obviously. He definitely is the best one. Now, when I was there, I don't know if I actually experienced something paranormal or if my little kid brain was just freaking me out, but I definitely... I was sitting, like, up against this thing, and it started, like, rattling behind me. And I don't know what the fuck happened. I was really freaking out. The whole place, like, the waiting area gives me a weird vibe because where you sit to wait, there's, like, a staircase, like, a big-ass staircase going up. And, and right there, it clearly looks like a house, which is kind of creepy because I'm like, what the fuck's up at the top of that house? But turns out, this is what is at the top. So, the other ghost that haunts Pugin's porch is Zoe St. Amand. And she lived at 72 Queen in the early 1900s with her sister, Elizabeth. Zoe was a local teacher um, who many in the neighborhood just considered a spinster because she, they said she pretty much had given up on love. She didn't want to find a man. She also was said to dress uh, not in the most fashionable way. She often wore black long dresses and thin framed glasses. I don't really know what a thin frame glasses. She is. just sounds like she's a little bit uh, ahead of her time. That sounds yeah. super stylish. A black dress and thin rimmed glasses. That's what she I was, was serving, thinking. She was serving looks and they were all jealous. I know. That's what I was thinking. But at the time, apparently they were like, ugh, this bitch spinster. So Zoe and Elizabeth were apparently really, really close, uh, but they pretty much kept to themselves you know, they just hung out with each other. I guess they both didn't have no mans or kids or nothing like that. And so, sadly, though, in 1945, Elizabeth passed away and Zoe was devastated. 
and she became like even more withdrawn from like other people and her mental health began to decline pretty rapidly. So one night Zoe uh, was said to be walking down the street and yelling out her sister's name and a neighbor ended up having to take Zoe to the hospital. And from that point onward, Zoe lived at the hospital and she died there. So I oh, guess shit. it was like a mental hospital. And she was eventually buried in Charleston St. Lawrence Cemetery. So it's believed that Zoe still haunts this building uh, and she's still looking for her sister. So reports of this started not long after her death, but intensified once the house was turned into a restaurant. Which honestly, I would just assume that maybe they didn't intensify, but like more people are there. So it's like rousing up her spirit or whatever. Yeah, or she could also be offended, you know, that yeah. it, you know, it's no longer a home. They've changed things. True. It's a fucking restaurant. It smells like fried chicken all the time. Guests and staff have both reported to seeing uh, Zoe's ghost wandering around the house. And some guests, after they see her, they don't even realize that she's a ghost until they see the photo of her hanging on the wall. Which would absolutely freak me the fuck out. If I saw somebody and then I was like, oh my god, that's a bitch on a wall. And I'm like, oh my god, she's fucking dead. It's like in that episode of Sweet Life and Zach and Cody. Yes. When, when they meet that lady and they're like, oh, thanks. And then she walks into the picture and she is yep. the picture on the wall. Same thing. That was the scariest episode, I swear to God. I think, I think we've mentioned that episode on this podcast before. <laughs> yep. There's just certain things that uh, trigger you as a child, and you just stay shook the rest of your life. Hey, Dylan and Cole Sprouse, sponsor us, you know? Come on come on the show. We're calling you. Come on the show, please. You got any weird stories? You I'll give you a dollar. Child, you were a child actor, so you have to have weird stories. We'll give you a dollar a piece. I promise. You can go to McDonald's and get you something to eat. Something real nice. Maybe. Some also, some people also report seeing an elderly woman in a black dress standing um, in front of the top floor window. And a lot of these sightings come from people who stay at a hotel across the street. And sometimes people have even called the police after seeing her in the window because they think that somebody was accidentally locked inside the restaurant and they think that like somebody needs help getting out. But that description of her, like, an old woman in a long black dress just, like, staring at you out a window, that is terrifying. Uh, that's why when you stay in a hotel, you should close your blinds. Never Honestly, even if even if you're not in a hotel, close your damn blinds. Might have closed um, I saw, right now. I saw this thing the other day where it was like, you either have a naked neighbor or you are the naked neighbor. I e. you either you either always have your blinds open or your neighbor always has their blinds open. Uh, Brandon would argue that I'm the naked neighbor because I always keep the blinds up in our bedroom. And I'm like, they can't see me in here. And he's like, they definitely can see you. So my neighbors may have seen my, my booty cheeks once or twice. Sorry, neighbors. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to be rude. I just like the windows open. I like light coming in. Here's a story from a, a staff uh, member at the uh, Pugin's Porch. So, late one night after the restaurant had already been closed, a staff member was cleaning up. And they began to kind of get an uneasy feeling that something, like, was behind them. So, they looked all around, but they didn't see anything. But they still felt like they were being watched. So, they kept cleaning. You know, they were like, whatever. Well, they happened to look into a mirror. 
And when they looked into the mirror, they freaked the fuck out because they didn't even see their own reflection. They saw the face of an old woman wearing wire-thin glasses, and it was freaking Zoe. And as soon as the staff member saw the, like, Zoe in the mirror, they just, she disappeared. Now, that would have been enough to just absolutely wreck my day. I would never look in a mirror again. That's always my fear, is that I'm going to look into a mirror and I'm going to see some shit that I don't want to see. Yes, that and, uh, like, when you go into the bathroom, the shower curtain has to be open. Oh, if yeah, not, I'm gonna, to, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to look behind it. Yeah, I had a dream one time that a dead body was in a shower and came out and chased me around the house. That was terrible. So, always check. Always check. It so, pays to double check. It does. Now, this is this is a guest story, and this is kind of the last little story for Pugin's Porch. Uh, so, once a guest and some friends visited Pugin's Porch for their birthday... And the group knew that the place was supposedly haunted. And while they were there, the guest, who was ironically named Elizabeth, which was Zoe's sister's name, took out her ghost radar app, which was on her phone, which I have never heard of, but I want to get Just a casual it. thing to have. Yeah, she said she took it out because she wanted to look for a, quote, spooky vibe. Sounds like a brunch where me and you are at. We're like, hey, we got this ghost radar app. You want to see if we can find some spooky vibes? <laughs> spooky vibes only. Hold so, hold, hold that thought. I need to grab my laptop charger. This is an emergency. Right. Okay, so yes, we had we had those gals. Sydney's back now after she has come prepared to our meeting. Um, listen, I thought that the laptop <laughs> could stay. It was it started at seventy percent, but this bitch died so quickly. So, you know, Elizabeth and her friends, they were looking for a spooky vibe. That's where we left off. So, while Elizabeth was using the app, she uh, found that there were energy spots surrounding her and her friends. And uh, they started getting a little freaked out, I guess, because they probably thought, like you would think, haha, we'll pull this out, we won't see nothing, but they started seeing some shit. And so, the server uh, noticed that the group was using the app, and the server was like, hey, just so you know... I have seen a creepy, freaking creepy orb in this corner that y'all are sitting in. So, you know, y'all better be careful. So anyways, those energy spots they saw were actually a spot where there was some creepy orbs at the place. If you would like to go to Pug and support yourself, they're open seven days a week. Um, I don't know if they're open right now. Uh, it's a very great place for brunch. And personally, I enjoy it. It's on a real cute street. It's in a real cute house. You might see the ghost of a little doggy. You might see the ghost of an old-ass woman in a black dress. Who could say? I want to look up a picture of Zoe now because I don't remember... I don't remember seeing the painting or what picture of her. I'm sure I have seen it, but... Anyways, that was Pugin's Porch. Now, that's where I was going to stop. But then I was on this one thing and I saw this little last bit that caught my eye... And you'll kind of see why it'll catch my eye in a second. It's not long. It's just like a little blip. So, this is a little ghostly legend uh, that is in the Unitarian Church Cemetery in Charleston. So, this cemetery's old, pretty spooky, and it's said to be haunted um, by the ghost of Annabelle Lee. The legend goes that... Like like Annabelle Lee from the Edgar Allan Poe? I'll get to that. This is why it piqued my interest. The legend goes that Annabelle Lee was 14 and she fell in love with an 18-year-old man who was staying at the nearby Fort Moultrie. 
but Annabelle's father refused to allow Annabelle to be with the man, and her father locked her in her room to keep the two apart. So, Annabelle basically lied in agony and suffer in her room because she couldn't be with her man, and she ended up dying in her bedroom, and she was buried at the... Yeah, yeah, she died from being so sad she couldn't be with her mans. You know what? I get that. Heartbreak is it's sad, but you know what, Annabelle? You should have just kept going. You should have just kept on. Uh, so, she was buried in the Unitarian Church Cemetery, and they buried her in an unmarked grave so that even after her death, her lover could not find her, which that's pretty shitty. What's he going to do in death? The interesting part about this story and why I mention it is because a lot of people believe that the man in the story is actually Edgar Allan Poe himself and that he wrote the poem Annabelle Lee about his love for her and its tragic end. And I'm going to be honest, I didn't read Annabelle Lee, but I did memorize Annabelle Lee in like seventh grade and I had to recite it in class. I don't remember it now, but I thought that was a little interesting. Also... I'm pretty sure it's on Sullivan's Island in Charleston. They have Poe's Tavern, which is like an mm, Edgar Allan yes. Poe themed little restaurant. I have, I tried to go inside of it to use the bathroom <laughs> and they wouldn't let me. So Security's I, tight. So I had to go to the pub next door that served popcorn to go to the bathroom. I've been to a lot of bathrooms in Charleston, if you can't tell. Anyways, that's just some of the little haunted things in Charleston that I like. There's a shit ton more, like you said for St. Augustine, the jail. We've slightly mentioned the jail before when we did uh, that one that one lady. I can't remember her name. Ye- Lavinia yes. Fisher. Lavinia Fisher. Yeah, because Charleston has like straight up dungeons mm-hmm. that you can go into. Yep. And similar to St. Augustine's, Charleston has a lot of pirate history. Yep. I really like like any coastal city on the East Coast is going to have like a pirate history. Yeah. I just stuck to the places that I knew a little bit about. They were kind of fun. Not too, you know, sad. Um, So anyways, that was that was my rendition of Haunted Charleston. (laughs) Yeah, I really like Charleston. Um, I obviously like St. Augustine's, as you could already tell. But Mm -hmm. Charleston has some bomb food delicious they really do they do i pretty it is the last time i went i stayed like kind of outside charleston a little bit i stayed in this little neighborhood they had all these like cute houses they were like replicas of the old like charleston homes it was real fun i like going to the battery where they got those swings the big ass swings uh, they also got a pineapple that he's like one of those pineapples that's like shoots water out, you know, when you're a little kid, mm-hmm. you kind of run around with all the other little kids splashing in water. <sighs> they got a Bubba Gump shrimp. They do. It's a good place to drop a deuce. <laughs> <laughs> they have the market, which is really fun. You can go buy a bunch of shit you don't need. Mm-hmm. I love going there. And they there. have really, really good lemonade at the market. I would recommend they do they do it's a fun place i want to go back i was supposed to go this summer but corona changed them plans changed all them plans it really did but thank you for that a little bit a little bit of history on haunted charlestown you're welcome uh what's our theme for next week next week's theme is cults it is i'm excited for this one i unfortunately cannot tell 
my favorite cult story because it is it's too close to home. Sorry, guys. But sorry, guys. I'm excited because we haven't really done anything like cults yet. Hmm. You know, maybe you should just do Scientology so they can sue the shit out of us. I will not be doing that. <laughs> I'm gonna go and say that up top. Yeah, although Scientology is, uh, it is interesting, and so many people are in it that you just wouldn't fucking think are in it. Like who? Well, obviously, everyone knows John Travolta and Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah. We've been, we've yeah, been yeah. known. We've been known now. But the girl who plays Donna in That 70s Show, Scientologist. The, the guy who played Hyde in uh, That 70s Show, Scientologist. The, okay, I don't remember her name. I think her name is like Elizabeth something. Uh, she is in The Handmaid's Tale. She's like the main, the uh-huh. main person. Uh-huh. She's in Scientology. Which I find that interesting because the whole premise of The Handmaid's Tale <laughs> yeah. is like yeah, basically think- contradicts everything that Scientology is. You think she'd take a hint? Oh, well. You know what, Scientology? Abs- absolutely not. <laughs> you, can, you can do whatever you want. I will not make a statement for or against. I'm just making statements. I'm just, I'm just, we just talking. We just talking. We just talking. Anyways, so, Colt's up. Sorry, Tex knocked on the door. He said, it's, your time's up, bitch. <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> you've, been, you've been sprung. But uh, thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at gonna sound weird pod and Twitter at gonna sound weird. Uh, we got a Facebook group. We'd be posting in there. Honestly, I haven't posted as much recently. Uh, I've started back at law school. I got other things to worry about than posting memes, but we'll get we'll get back on it. And if you have any weird stories, send them to this is gonna sound weird at gmail.com. And if you send us your weird story, we're gonna send you something in return. You know, just a little something to say thank you. Hey, help us help you. Send us a weird story and we will send you a koozie, a sticker, you know? something mm-hmm. you're definitely gonna get something in the mail you'll get something for sure even if it's just like one of my toenail clippings <laughs> just kidding i don't not, clip my toenail any of that it will not be that okay i'll tell you right that right now unless that'll <laughs> entice you to write something in which case please don't write anything in. that's way too creepy for me that's a little i guess into uh, i'm gonna have to have an only fans for me to do that for you <laughs> I need some monetary conversation. Yes. But thank you for listening. We will see you next week. Well, yes, we won't we... see you, but you'll, you'll hear us. In you'll your hear ears. us. We promise. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye.